The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You know, what I think should happen is someone does something like this to somebody else. I don't know. They obviously get prison time. I don't know. I have not touched him. How would you get those interviews? Tell me and we'll both know. I'm, I'm hoping that, that she's still alive. Um, and, and that's really, I, I really do, I'm holding out for that. Um, and if she's not alive, then I think she and her family are, are, are due that knowledge. I think Pleasure. that's, I, I think they need some closure. Whether it's a suspect's reaction to a new piece of information or a full-blown confession, what happens in an interrogation room can make or break the case. Some of those admissions are pretty eerie. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law & Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. So we've talked body cams, we've talked 911 phone calls, we've talked defendants on the stand. Now let's do something a little bit different. Let's focus on one of the most crucial pieces of evidence in any case, interrogations. Because if you think about it, cameras are rolling right now in interrogation rooms across the country, capturing everything said and done while a suspect is inside. So we've gathered some of the most chilling interrogation moments from recent cases. So we start off with one of the most bizarre cases that we've ever covered, Wisconsin versus Taylor Shabizness. The 25-year-old was convicted of killing her lover while the two had sex after she claimed she did meth. Apparently, in her drug-fueled stupor, Shabiznis not only strangled 24-year-old Shad Therion with a metal chain, but sexually abused his dead body and then chopped him up into pieces. His mother came home to find her own son's bloody head in a bucket in the family's basement. Truly, truly horrific. Doesn't get worse than that. Shabiznis was arrested on February 23rd, 2022. And police put her in a yellow jumpsuit in an interrogation room. And then they started asking her questions to get to the bottom of just what happened to Shad. And Shabiznis gave one shocking answer after another. Take a listen. You ever put the chain around you? Does the chain go around your neck? I put it on my neck. Do you have any marks or anything? Yeah. Do you get the chance to turn over? Yeah, just me. Did you get a chance to strangle you? Was that who was going to, though? Or was that part of the. I thought that was the thing, and then later on, I just went. Just went a little crazy? Take note of that. We're going to get back to that. So she said how she and Shad engaged in kinky sex, but here she says she basically went maybe a little too far, but seemed to recognize that. What you're hearing is effectively an admission. Shabiznis described what happened in between her apparent blackouts from the meth. I'm just like, I think I went a little too far because, like, like I, I was blacking out while I was doing it, right? And then I like, thought, and then, like, I look at him, I'm like, he's already purple. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if he's is he good? Is he good? But then, like, when I woke up, like, you know, was, during the blackout moment, I'm like, like, he was coughing up blood. I'm like, I don't know, I just kept on going. Like, yeah. But when did you start 
you know, cutting up his body. Then what about the rest of his body parts? Did that take all day to do? I was getting pissed off at the dismemberment process, actually. Did it take a while? It took a while? Yeah, because, like, I was nodding out. I was nodding out. So okay, so you're kind of sleeping, kind of nodding in and out. Have you taken any other drugs? I should have. I should have took drugs. I, I probably would have helped, but I didn't. So you dismembered the body, too? Yeah. Well, what did you do with the body parts? dismembering him. Something else. I don't think I've ever heard anything like this. Now, the interview, which lasted hours, continues on with Shabiznis, then in a different jumpsuit. You know, what do you think should happen to someone that does something like this to somebody else? I don't know. They obviously get prison time. I don't know. even goes as far as asking if the police have found all of Shad's body parts. Did you guys find all the parts here? So, yeah, going through the process of looking. Oh. Did you remove any other? You need to be had the heart and not litter up with the lungs. Did you remove all that from the chest cavity? Or did you leave them in there? It, it could be in there, yeah. Do you remember? Or? They're all in plastic bags. Separate bags or one big bag? They're all in separate bags and Walmart bags. No. Oh. First of all, my opinion, hats off to the investigators here. Remaining so calm, cool, collected as they try to get all of this information out of your business and listen to what they're hearing, which is important because given these admissions, what could possibly be the defense? Well, remember I said that crazy comment? So Shabiznis pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Under Wisconsin law, insanity means that you are not legally responsible if due to a mental condition you couldn't appreciate the wrongfulness of what you did or conform your behavior to the law. Now, despite how seemingly crazy this crime was, a Wisconsin jury didn't buy it. It only took about an hour for them to find her guilty of intentional homicide, abuse of a corpse, and third-degree sexual assault. They also determined that she was not insane when she committed the crime. In September, a judge sentenced Shabiznis to life in prison without the possibility of parole. 
Okay, moving on to another high-profile case, this one out of Miami, Florida. It concerns 26-year-old OnlyFans model Courtney Clenny, also known as Courtney Taylor. She had more than 2 million followers on the site. So she was questioned by police after suspected of stabbing her 27-year-old boyfriend, Christian Obumselli, during a domestic dispute in their apartment. The incident happened back in April of 2022. Clenny called 911 to report that Obumselli was bleeding from a knife wound, and sadly, he would end up dying from his injuries. So police take her to the station for questioning. They leave her by herself in an interview room. And as she sobs, Clenny talks to herself, apparently unaware that Obumselli is already dead. Please, please, God, just let me, my doctor, God, Christian, be okay. I don't care what you're Now, she would be charged with his murder just a few months later, but how do we get to that point? Well, Clenny and Obumselli had both dealt with the police before because of domestic disputes that included screaming matches and physical altercations. The two had recently moved into a new Miami condo, but there were already so many problems with the couple that an eviction process was underway. And according to Clenny, she and Obumselli had gotten into an argument inside the condo that escalated. Clenny said that she threw a knife at Obumselli, which hit him. First responders found Clenny holding Obumselli's body as he bled out. When Clenny first spoke with officers in the interrogation room, she's not immediately told that her boyfriend is dead. Instead, officers say that he's being evaluated at the hospital. What is your birthday? birthday. Thomas, your birthday. Oh, really? When is your birthday? My boyfriend is the 12th. Oh, really? He turns 28. Super close. Several hours into the interview, Clenny is back in a new set of clothes, and officers finally break the news. We have to inform you that Christian did not make it. Okay. Um, unfortunately, the doctors did what they could. And... Christian is dead. Yes. Oh, my God.
This is not real right, okay. Those are Kristen died. Can I please have a hug? Am I allowed to do that in here? No, no, no. I cannot be left alone in like a room by myself. You won't be after this. I just, no, that's not true. That's not that didn't not that's not real, right? It is real. Christian didn't Christian is dead. Yes. Then I know I I know, I just can't believe it. I'll talk to your parents. I'll get him I'll, I'll get your parents here Asia. We uh we spoke to your parents and they're trying to do everything possible to get you as soon as possible as well. No. No. I wanted to be at the hospital. I, if, if anything happened to him, I just wanted to be at the hospital. I begged, can I please go to the hospital? I mean, obviously, they put me in custody at my house, but like, I begged, can I please go to the hospital? Oh my God, friends, our friends, oh my God. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to be the same thing. And okay, that's the last time I ever talked to him. The last time anybody ever talks to him. Ever. We can't undo what's already happened, so just, just, um, this is going to be a process. What I was saying to that other room, I said, God forbid, God forbid, when, like, from far away, if, 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 what if, what if I, what if it had actually hit a little bit lower and he died? That's what I said. These moments from the police interview not only give investigators information about Clenny's relationship with Obamselli, but they also give kind of her state of mind and demeanor before and after finding out he was dead. Well, it turns out by looking at the crime scene, the timeline, the weapon, the autopsy, something was off. 
While she claimed she threw the knife at him from 10 feet away after Obamselli grabbed her and shoved her, the evidence suggested that maybe wasn't true. In fact, Obamselli's wound was consistent with a downward strike to the chest rather than a throwing event. Also, video footage surfaced of Clenny and Obamselli in the building's elevator two months before his death that appeared to show her shoving and hitting him while he doesn't really fight back. In fact, she had previously been charged with domestic battery against Obamselli back in 2021. So when all this came out in August of 2022, Clenny was charged with second-degree murder. The defense team argued for bond, but the judge determined the money that Clenny made from OnlyFans could make her a flight risk, so she's been locked up ever since. The case is expected to go to trial sometime in 2024. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Another woman in trouble for allegedly killing her lover tried to explain away why his body was found stuffed inside of a suitcase. So Sarah Boone is accused of zipping her boyfriend, George Torres Jr., into that suitcase and leaving him to die. She's facing a charge of second-degree murder and has pleaded not guilty. In February of 2020, Boone called 911 to report Torres was dead inside of their apartment in Winter Park, Florida. She said that they were playing a game of hide-and-seek and thought it would be funny for George to get into the suitcase. She claims the two had been drinking wine, and she went upstairs and fell asleep with Torres still inside the suitcase. But... Police found video on Boone's cell phone where Torres can be heard saying he can't breathe and asking for her to let him out. I warn you, this is very, very tough to watch. For everything you've done to me. For everything you've done to me. Thank you. Yeah. 
You should probably shut the fuck up. During an interrogation, Boone said that George often was violent with her, but swears that she didn't do anything to hurt him. We had a good time sitting on the back porch, having wine and smoking a couple of cigarettes, and then decided to go inside and literally paint, do puzzles, and play, and listen to music. That's why nobody got out of sorts. This, this is what's mind-blowing to me. Like, I don't... Okay. I have no clue. Nobody laid a hand on anybody. He also had, um, like on the left side of his forehead, he had basically bruising, um, and on, on like his head and skull. I have no idea. As if something hit him. I considered not forced touched him. Trauma. I have not touched <clears throat> him. I have not touched him. Then how would he get those injuries? Tell me, and we'll both know. I have not touched him. Yesterday, when we took photographs of your overall body um, and they did the buccal swabs, did they go under your fingernails? No. Okay. Are you willing to let us absolutely swab underneath your fingernails? Go for it. Okay. <coughs> I have no idea, and I don't want to seem out of sorts, but I have no idea. We had a good day. Mm -hmm. It was a good day. We've had good days lately. Mm -hmm. Even considering everything that's going on with our jobs and life in general and ex-wives and everything, it's been good. Like, I don't even know where this is coming from. Um, have you guys ever played the, you said you played hide-and-seek like probably three times in your relationship? Mm -hmm. When you have played, have you ever zipped him up in a suitcase prior? No. Okay. So that's it was just kind of like that prop was there and it was there yes. and it was in play because... Why do you say it like that, though? I would never do that. You had a, a look on your face when she asked you if you've ever done that before. You looked kind of shocked and... No. Okay, but why did you say it like that? Like. I don't think you all understand who I am. Where okay, well tell me. I mean, I've always been a straight-A student. I am an outstanding mother to my son. Okay. I excel at everything. I. I would not do that. You wouldn't lock some, zip somebody in a suitcase? Well, I didn't, like, completely lock it. I mean, okay. I opened it with one finger. I left enough in there for him to get out. Boone goes back and forth with the investigators, first claiming she doesn't remember recording George in the suitcase, then changing it up and saying he was fine in there and that she didn't think anything was wrong. My intention was not to leave him in there. Please understand that. My intention was not to leave him in there. But you went upstairs thinking yeah. that he could get himself yes. out, but the video shows That's at why no I told point you. and I see his fingers. He'll and be up here any like, minute. And then 30 minutes later, he didn't show. And he's telling and you. I he can't wake breathe. up. Do you he's think he's joking? To you told me he was laughing, and I... We were, before. The video, there's, there's no we laughing. We first got in there? Both of us were. So how long was he in there for? Like, this video is at 11.12 when it starts, so was he in there for, like, a long time prior to no. recording this? No. No. So it goes from funny to no longer funny, but I you're the only one laughing. But I didn't think that he was, like, panicky. Like, I didn't, I... So pushing up on a suitcase saying, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. 
George has done that in the past before too, where it's just like he thinks that he's woe is me kind of thing, where it's like I well, don't. He's think never been locked in a suitcase, but no, he couldn't get out. So it's kind of. I thought it was the boy the crawling wolf, crying wolf kind of thing. Okay. And again, my plan. But, that, but nowhere in there is he laughing. Is he joking? He is begging. And you're the only one laughing. Okay. And you're the only one saying derogatory comments. Like you're mad. No. Please don't. I don't mean to sound negative, and I don't know if I can say this, but <coughs> like it's like you guys are kind of trying to like feed me. Like. No, I'm just trying to show you a video that you no longer want to watch because you probably don't want to know the outcome of how and what you said. Well, I know what. You know, you know what's on that video now? No. You remember making that video? No. Why don't you remember making the video? Probably because we had been drinking. But you weren't drunk. Some tough questions for her to answer. Hard to explain that video away. Investigators call Boone out for her conflicting statements. So you all think that it's like, oh good, I got him in there, now I'm going to go to sleep? Is that what you guys are trying to assume? Or trying to, like... Or just the video is very portraying of the opposite of what you told us. No. It does not it is not leading up it is not matching what statement you gave us in the car. So and that's why we want to know And I don't remember doing this. The injuries are not consistent with what you've told us. So we have a lot of inconsistencies and this video explains itself. It really truly does. I promise you on my son's life. It was not intentional. I promise you, okay. on Lucas's life, it was not intentional. <clears throat> I don't know you. I can't say I know anything about you. I don't know what is, what would be a true statement, what would not. I mean, you're promising on your son's life, that's fine. That's how much it means. Sorry. That's how much it, look, that's how much it means. I hope you take that to heart. In September, Boone's public defender withdrew from the case after Boone apparently wrote multiple letters to the judge insulting the attorney, calling him a dud and a buffoon. Boone now has a new attorney, her fourth one, in fact, and will appear for a pretrial hearing in January 2024, where we may get an official trial date. As we continue on with some of the most chilling interrogation room moments from recent cases for this next interrogation, we're going to go back in time to a case that many of you might remember. In August of 2018, brutal murders took place in Frederick, Colorado, of a pregnant mother named Shanann Watts and her two daughters, four-year-old Bella and three-year-old Celeste. Police end up sitting down with the husband, father, Chris Watts. Shanann had just returned from a business trip late that night, and her friend got worried when Shanann didn't respond to any messages or phone calls. Now, Chris said that he had seen his wife at the house around 5 in the morning, but had been at work at an oil company all day, and he was adamant that he didn't know where his wife or children were. He even spoke with local news stations, begging for them to come home. I hope that she's somewhere safe right now and with the kids. But, I mean, could she have been, could she have just taken off? I don't know, but if somebody has her and they're not safe, like, I want them back now. But just two days later, police arrested Chris Watts after he failed a polygraph test. Um, it is completely clear that you were not honest during the testing, and I think you already know that. Um, you did not pass the polygraph test. Okay. Right? Okay. So now we need to talk about what actually happened. 
I feel like you're probably ready to do that. I didn't. I didn't lie to you on that polygraph. I promise. Chris, I'm. 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 Stop. It's time. I. Just I'm, stop for a minute. Take a deep breath. I. I want you to take a deep breath right now. There's a reason you feel sick to your stomach. And when people hold stuff inside, it makes you physically ill. And I can just tell on your face, I could tell you tell from the second you walked in that you were wanting to just come clean and just be done with this. And I appreciate that because you knew sitting down in that chair that you weren't going to pass today. And you knew I was going to find out because I told you that. And then you continued to stay knowing that you could at the end say, you know what, I just need to get this off my chest. Like, I just need to tell you what happened. We're not, we're not here to play games. We're not here to do any of that with you. We just want to know what happened. Watts continued to deny that he was deceptive, but the investigators kept pushing. This is where the rubber meets the road, Chris. Like, don't let this continue any longer, please. And after more prodding, Watts asked to speak with his father, and confesses. Now, according to Watts's first version, he had been having an affair. He talked with Shanann about a possible separation and says that she became enraged. He told his father that he went downstairs, and when he came back up, Shanann had suffocated the two little girls. Watts says that he then strangled Shanann and then took all three bodies to a remote oil storage site being used by his employer. Shanann was buried in a shallow grave. Bella and Celeste's bodies were found in crude oil tanks nearby. The audio of Watts' confession to his father, I warn you, is really hard to hear because Watts seems to be whispering and trailing off at times. She started her begins. Watts was charged with three counts of first-degree murder, unlawful termination of a pregnancy, and three counts of tampering with a deceased body. 
Watts ended up pleading guilty to nine charges and was sentenced to five life sentences without the possibility of parole in exchange for the death penalty being taken off the table. But the confessions don't end there because after he was sent to prison, Watts finally revealed to authorities what really happened that night, or at least this could be the real story. He says after the argument about divorce, he ended up strangling Shanann to death. When four-year-old Bella walked into the room, he told her, Mommy don't feel good, and wrapped Shanann's body in a sheet. He put the body in his truck and drove it and the two girls to the oil site, where he smothered the children and hid the bodies. I think that's the hardest part for us, Chris, is we see those videos, we see that love that you had for your girls, like, it's obvious to us, and even to us, we, it's hard for us to understand how a dad who's given piggyback rides and, you know, making snacks and watching princess movies and those kinds of things, um, how you get to that point, you know? I don't know. Just, like I said, it was just like something else was controlling me that day. I had no control over what I was like to fight back. Yeah. Watts was moved for security reasons from Colorado to a maximum security prison in Wisconsin, where he will spend the rest of his life behind bars. All right, let's end the conversation of interrogations in Jacksonville, Florida, where investigators were able to use an interrogation to get to the bottom of a murder of a young woman in 2017. Now, in August of that year, Savannah Gold was reported missing. The 21-year-old worked as a server at a restaurant called Bonefish Grill, and she was dating her manager, a man named Lee Rodarty Jr. Savannah's family says that they received a message from her that she was running away with a great guy and then never was heard from again. It turns out that that wasn't Savannah, but Rodarty. Her car was still in the parking lot with her purse inside, which made this all so weird. And Jacksonville Sheriff's deputies brought Rodarty in for questioning, letting him sit by himself for some time, and then the questioning began. When was the last time you saw her? This is when I was a bit... I didn't tell you the truth, when we talked at Bonefish. Okay. The last time I saw her was Wednesday afternoon. Okay. Um, I heard that she has been basically telling a lot of people at work that um, we hooked up a bunch, like, a couple of days before that, yeah. and that she was going to, like, tell about the whole situation, and, you know, try to get me fired. And why like why that. would that get you fired? I, I, I well, don't, I don't I'm a manager and she's an employee, so... Okay, I mean, it's, so it's you a, guys aren't supposed to fret and yeah. answer. Okay, I got gotcha. you. And she just told, um, uh, people, I guess, that she was out with that work at the restaurant that we were having sex. Okay. And, you know, hooking up and stuff like that. And that I was her boyfriend and this and that. Um, so I was a little upset. Obviously, you know, I care about my job. Sure. Um, How long have you been there now? Uh, I'll be five years in the summer. Okay. Yeah, right. Um, so I was a little upset. Um, so I met her in the parking lot uh, at Bonefish. When is this? Wednesday afternoon. Okay. 
What do you know what time or about? Um, it was about 5.30. Okay. When you say you met her, did she, was she meeting you too? Or? Um, I didn't, yeah, how, I didn't, I didn't call her. Um, I just drove up there to see if maybe she was working. I was okay. going to, you know, talk to her. And, um, did you as know I was, she was working that night? Um, I did. You did not? I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay, you knew she was working that night? Yeah. Okay. So I drove up there and I was hoping to get a chance to talk to her. Okay. Um, I pulled in the parking lot. She pulled in um, a little bit after me. I parked uh, and I said, hey, uh, can I talk to you for a second? Um, and she said, yeah, what's up? And I was like, I heard you've been saying some things about me and you continuing to hang out and you know that we're boyfriend and girlfriend. And she, was, she asked me, she said, can I come sit in the car? Because I just did some heroin and I'm a little paranoid. Okay. I said, why are you doing that? You know, you're doing really well. You shouldn't have been doing that. Okay. Um, and so she came inside the car, and I explained to her the situation. I told her that servers uh, at Bonefish were coming to me and telling me that you're telling people when you're out that we're still having sex and we're boyfriend and girlfriend. And I said, I appreciate, you know, I need you to stop because for one, it's jeopardizing my job. We agreed to, you know, split, stop talking mutually, and just move on, mm -hmm. and you know, be cordial or whatever. Now, Rodarty admitted he punctured Savannah's car tire with a small knife, putting a hole in it, and threatened that if she didn't stop talking about their previous relationship, he would break her car's windows. But he denies having any involvement in what happened to her, and even claims that Savannah got into a green truck, but he didn't see the driver. Lee, why didn't you mention this before, since we've been looking for this girl? I mean, don't you think that information I mean, is it definitely, It definitely does, um, and I regret obviously not saying anything and I was like I don't know what to do you know mm. I'm scared I know uh, I don't want to get in trouble for you know anything or have anything you know be a suspect or anything mm. like that which I mean obviously wasn't the right decision to make yeah, yeah. Uh, because now yeah, obviously we're gonna it, find it, it out looks out. Yeah, we could have gotten uh, three yeah. days ahead so where's Savannah right now I don't know where would I find her I don't know that's my my prime objective is to find her. Definitely. I think time's running out on her. And I think that I mean I I, I should have said something to you yeah. guys when I talked. Oh, yeah, I yeah, should have said should. something Wednesday think, or Thursday when it was brought in. So tell me attention. how I go from nice guy never met you. Um, you seem like a nice guy. I come up and talk to you. Uh, again, out of you, you know, you agreed that there was nothing threatening or anything about our conversation. Just asking you for some some basic, simple things. We, we talked for just a few minutes, and you um, didn't tell me this story. I'm not going to say the truth because um, I, th I think there's holes in this story too. Now here's the thing: after going back and forth with Rodarty, detectives reveal some of the information they know, like how surveillance cameras in that parking lot showed a struggle between Rodarty and Savannah. She never got out of your back seat, Lee. She never got out of your, your back seat. Video cameras don't lie. Lee. How do you know? How do you, how do you think I know this information, Lee? I wasn't there, but a video camera caught it. 
she never gets out of that car. And you drive off, she never gets out of that car. There is no green truck. And that's not right to her. We're fact finders, Lee. I don't have anything personal against you. No, no, not at all. I mean, it's, it's, it's We're just over. fact just finders. Tell us We're what just happened. doing Where our is job. And then finally, Rodarty starts to crack. She was hitting me. I just, she wouldn't stop. And I squeezed back. Okay. And she was just. Was she under your arm or something? Or? She started hitting me. You know, after I, you know, slashed her tire. And it went back and forth. She had her hands around mine. Okay. And you had yours around hers, and y'all were just fighting back with each other. Okay. She just wanted to go. I didn't let go. Now, it's hard to hear there, but Rodarty seems to say, I didn't let her go. He admits he heard a hop as his hands were around her neck. I understand yeah. that. And you got the hard part. Out. Okay. I left. All I want to do is tell people. We I know. You're doing good, buddy. In this pond on the west side of Club Du Clay. Club Du Clay? Yeah. Okay. And Longchamp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. If I got a map, printed out of that? You think you could just show me that? Okay. Rodarty admitted he tried to burn Savannah's body in a fire pit at his home the night that he killed her, but then decided to dig a hole and bury her. Eventually, he dug her up and put her in the trunk of his car, driving her out to a pond in a residential area where Rodarty says that he had fished in the past. He says he dumped her body in the water just a few hours later, found himself in this interrogation room. Now, Rodarty's attorneys originally filed a stand-your-ground petition claiming that Rodarty acted in self-defense because Savannah was attacking him. The trial judge denied that petition, but the defense took that claim to an appeals court. And after the appeals court also denied the stand-your-ground defense, Lee Rodarty Jr. agreed to plead guilty to second-degree murder. Other charges of tampering with evidence and abuse of a dead body were dropped, and the judge sentenced Rodarty to 40 years in prison. That's all we have for you here on Sidebar, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. Speak to you next time.